You're listening to the Prevailing Word podcast channel and also on our Prevailing Word live YouTube channel. I'm Pastor Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. Let's get right into the message. Romans, the first chapter, beginning at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. This tells us that God's wrath will be poured out upon those that are ungodly and unrighteousness. In fact, it's revealed. How is the wrath of God revealed? Well, look at verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. God is always showing the unrighteous what is his righteousness. And when he shows what is righteous, he first starts in the heart. The conscience is the place where the righteousness of God has been planted. No man is able to walk away from the conscience, to walk away from what God placed in the conscience. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, they will not be able to stand before the Lord and say, but Lord, but Lord, but Lord, there will be no excuse. You will not be able to wiggle out, wiggle your way out, wiggle your way out of the word that is planted in the conscience. That's one. Second of all, you will not be able to wiggle your, your way out of seeing his power and his power are clearly displayed when you look up in the sky and put and ask who put the stars there when you look up in the sky and you see the sun every morning in fact you can look at yourself and begin to see that you were created by someone and so that in and of itself and alone should be of the thing that will display to you his invisible attributes. Uh, so they're clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So I, all you have to do is look at yourself. Who, who put me here? Who made me? Even his eternal power and Godhead. Godhead speaks of not only the deity or his divinity, but also God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit which makes up the divinity so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not know or did not glorify him rather as God. They know him. Every man knows him. Just because a person say that they're an atheist doesn't mean that they don't know him. Just because a person says that they are agnostic, whether he exists or not, they know him so they do not glorify him as god nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts futile in their thoughts means to be rendered foolish you know how it is when people are foolish in their thoughts they're gullible for everything they're foolish in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, which is our subject, professing to be wise, they became fools. I like the King James rendering of this. Uh, the King James Bible, perhaps out of all of the translations, is the premier English translation of the Bible. Of course, we have the Latin Vulgate and uh, other predecessor versions. But when the King James Bible was uh, finished in 1611 uh, by 44 scholars, they have some places that are right and some places that are mistranslated. Very few, though. Not, not many. 
But for the most part, guided by the Holy Spirit, they got it right. And so verse 22 out of the King James says this, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You see, people love to profess themselves to be wise, profess themselves to be smart, profess themselves to be intelligent, profess themselves to have a high IQ. But when you listen to them, you have to admit, if you have any kind of knowledge, that what they profess as wisdom is foolishness. Uh, several, uh, several weeks ago, a few months ago, they came out with monkeypox because they wanted to make it seem as if it is just, at, just to be feared as COVID. And it didn't work out so well. Um, I mean, just a couple of days ago, just a couple of days ago, it had to be Thursday, I think it was, a Facebook friend of mine said that monkeypox was, was an STD. And I said, what? And so I did my homework. You know, when somebody puts information out, you want to verify and put out the homework, you know, get, you want to do your homework. You don't just want to talk, you know, out of the side of your mouth and, and end up ignorant. So I did my homework and found out that monkeypox is a homosexual disease because he said STD. So STD, anybody knows anything about STDs, sexually transmitted disease, automatically that, that, that perked my, my interest, perked, perked my attention. And so I quickly started looking for the reference and came across it. And then I said, well, let's see what the CDC has to say about this. Because, you know, you want to, I like what uh, John Haller out there in, uh, I think, I think it's Sansbury, um, Ohio, um, Fellowship Bible Chapel. Uh, uh, he said, he said um, that, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, studying, studying the word of God and you're studying references and whatnot, you want to verify, you want to make sure that you know, what's, what's out there is, is correct. You just don't want to start, you know, flying off the handle. You want to make sure. As I've said in the morning session, it's best to be slow and right than to be fast and wrong. So um, I begin to uh, do my homework and begin to study it out. And, and so he said this also, that you want to find out what the enemy is saying. You know, you want to find out what the enemy is saying. You don't you don't agree with it. You don't side in with it. But you want to find out what the enemy is saying. And so, you know, after I found one side, I went to the enemy's site. The CDC is an enemy. There's some helpful information. Don't be you know, don't get me wrong. There's some helpful information. But for the most part, when you come across certain information that just doesn't seem right, it's coming from the enemy. Because we got to remember what it says in John chapter eight and verse 44, that he is a liar and the father of it. So Jesus said, you are your father, the devil. And so we want to find out what the devil's children are doing. As a side note, uh, when when you go into the uh, book of Revelation, we don't have time to go into that. When you go into the book of Revelation, uh, especially in chapter seven, you will find that there will be an innumerable amount of people that will never take the mark of the beast. And that's because they've come out of their uh, stupor, if you will, their, their fog of war and realize that Jesus is real. And so there's going to be an innumerable amount of people, a, a number that no man can number, and this is Revelation 7, no, a number that no man can number uh, that will not take the mark of the beast. They will be smart enough not to take the mark of the beast. But for the most part, what's happening now is that we want to find out what the devil's children is saying. And so they confirmed that monkeypox is prevalent with men having sex with men. Yes. So the answer to monkeypox is very simple. It's not a vaccine. Because if you, if, you, if you hear them say, go get a vaccine and you'll be protected. 
from monkeypox. But what am I going to get a vaccine for if I'm not a homo if I'm not a homosexual? What would it benefit me? How would it be? It wouldn't benefit me because I'm not a homosexual. And and so and so, the remedy for monkeypox is don't be a homosexual. Oh no, but they don't want to tell you that. Because, see, that'll throw away their ability to put fear on you to go get a vaccine for something that you really don't need. So, so you got to be careful and, and do your due diligence. You, you got you to really do your due diligence. And what I mean by due diligence is that you got to really find out information. You really do. You know, as a side issue, so that way you don't end up being a fool. You know, you don't want to be foolish. One person put out, a, a, I wish I could have put the, uh, the picture up, but, but I can't because we're on camera and I don't want to get into any trouble, get sued and all that stuff. So I can't, I'm not going to put it up, but I can read from it. If I don't get vaccinated, I am 100% protected against vaccine side effects and 99.8% protected against COVID. That's a good deal. <laughs> Spot on, if you ask me. And so, um, there there was a study that was done, and it's it, it's a it's a headline that the media doesn't want to put out. This I, this I found out on uh, Tucker Carlson, I believe last Thursday. Uh, the, coming from a a reputable medical journal. The Journal of Food and Chemical Toxology. And this is what they state. In this paper, we present evidence that vaccination induces a profound impairment in type 1 inferion, is it spelled I-T-E-R-F-E-R-O-N, signaling, which has diverse adverse consequences to human health. The vaccines now. We identify potential profound disturbances in regulatory control of protein synthesis and cancer surveillance. These disturbances uh, potentially have a casual link to the neurodegenerative disease Mycarditis, Bell's palsy, liver disease, impaired adaptive immunity, impaired DNA, damage response, and tumor igenesis. It's possible that the vaccine might suppress the immune system. And then there was another study. Over time, the unvaxxed have a better immune response yes. than those who have multiple shots. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Now the president boasts, I have shots and I'm vaccinated. And he got COVID of the BA5 type, the recent strand that is out there today. So I thought that vaccines prevent. I thought that vaccines prevent, but here you are vaxxed, double boosted, and you still got it. Now I know that I said quite some time ago that if you want to get a vaccine, that's you. But me, nah, I pass. So don't get mad at me if I didn't get vaxxed. Because I'm not going to get mad at you because you got vaxxed. I also put out the warning. I've simply said, you know, at this time, I don't recommend you taking the vax. But it's up to you. Whatever you decide to do, you are your own person. He, the uh, quote continues by saying, this fact may have a wide range of consequences, not the least of which include 
the reactivation of latent viral infections and the reduced ability to effectively combat future infections. Now, the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, which is a quote from the book of Deuteronomy, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. You just don't go on the one medical journal that happens to be reputable. But in another journal called The Lancet, a Chinese doctor said this, he's quoted as saying, risk of infection, hospitalization, and death up to nine months after a second dose of COVID-19 vaccine. And then you have Germany, the German government. This is the third witness now. The third, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses now. German government says that one in 5,000 COVID shots cause serious side effects. So I don't want to be a fool. And so foolishness is running rampant these days. It just, just appears to really run rampant. And so people have been forced to take a vaccine. They've been saying, if you don't take the vaccine, you will have to fire you, you won't get paid or and X, Y, and Z and forced a lot of people to take the vaccine. But now we're seeing that individuals may have a serious problem somewhere down the road. So I just thought I'd throw that warning out to you so that way you know how to handle what's coming, what may or may not come. So the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, if God be for us, WHO can be against us, Amen. declares monkeypox a global health emergency with five deaths so far. Worldwide, there's only 15,000 individuals that have the monkeypox. And we found out again that monkeypox come from those who are practicing homosexuality. In the United States, there are 2,800 cases of monkeypox, two of which are infants or toddlers. And I was like saying, well, why don't you give us some background? Where are, are they living are they living with mother and father? In other words, a male and fe biological male, biological female that are husband and wife? Or are these toddlers hanging out with two homosexual males? Sleeping in their bed. They said it can be transmitted by sheets. I said, sheets? I said, man, you ain't got to put two and two together for that. You know it's the bed. So the, the kid could have gotten into the bed with these two homosexuals, that is if it's determined that way, hasn't been confirmed who these kids are, but it would be nice to know. But if you know that they're gonna hide information, they're not gonna tell us. Would be nice. So we don't wanna be a fool, we wanna be wise. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, if you will, please. We want to be wise. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 26. Uh, excuse me, not verse 26. Let's, let's go to verse 18. Verse 18, I want to read the whole, the whole passage. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, the world says the cross is foolish, but us, it's wisdom. <laughs> For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. You know what it says in Romans chapter 1 verse 22, professing themselves out of the King James, professing themselves to be wise. You know how it is that people, people always want to appear smart. You know, and I agree, you know, you don't want to appear dumb in some cases. That's why it's good to study certain things out before you talk. You know, we, have, we always have people that like to talk out of the side of their mouths. 
And then, then when you ask them, did you check it out? Did you study it? They, they, they holler no. For instance, the word, let's just, let's just use this as an example, uh, uh, the AR-15. They say it's an assault weapon. It's not an assault weapon. And here's why. There is no soldier. There is no Marine. There is no airman that is on the battlefield right now with an AR-15. You see, there is a selector switch. Like I said, study the subject out. There is a selector switch on the M1A4. You have, you have fire, then you have auto, and then you have, you know, you stop. And, and so, so with the full auto, you're able to, with the semi-auto, you can shoot three round bursts. But the, with the full auto, you can just pull the trigger, keep the pick trigger pulled or depressed, and it'll empty out the magazine or, or the belt-fed magazine. It'll empty it out. And so they, they say that the AR-15 is a weapon of war. Well, no, it's not used in war because there is no one on the battlefield with an AR-15. Because it, to, pull a, to pull the trigger on an AR-15 to shoot bullets, you got to pull the trigger every single time with a full automatic or semi-automatic weapon that is capable of three round bursts, you gotta depress the trigger and hold it down. So whenever you hear Democrats talk about that, they, they either they know and knowingly deceive you or they're just stupid. They don't know. So they wanna show that they're smart and they're not and they're being called out on it. It's the same thing with monkeypox. Oh, monkeypox, monkeypox, but when you study it out, it's among homosexuals. Wait a minute, I'm not a homosexual, so I'm not privy to it. Study it out. It doesn't, it doesn't take long to study it out. Don't be lazy. So God will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believed, who believe rather. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block and to the Greeks, Foolishness, because again, the Greeks were looking for wisdom and the Jews are always looking for a sign. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. And the Greeks are like, I want knowledge. I want knowledge. Yeah. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of, wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Well, what is the foolishness of God? Well, go back up to verse 18, the foolishness of the cross. See, it's foolish to send somebody to die for somebody. It's better to let that person commit that, their crime and die for it. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God did something foolish to save us. And you see, that's why God turned over judgment to the Son simply because the Lord Jesus is going to execute the Father's wrath, but also the wrath of the Lamb. You did this to me, and I'm going to do this to you. And he be right and just. Verse 25 in uh, 1 Corinthians 1, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. So now we've identified what the foolishness of God is. Let's identify what the weakness of God is. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. What is the weakness of God? The weakness of God is his son giving up his life. That was when he became weak, then we became strong. You see, that, that is the weakness of God. He gave, Jesus gave up his life. They didn't take his life from him, he gave up his life because, see, he still had the right to ask the Father for 12,000 legions of, for 12 legions rather of angels, which are thousands of angels, to come and rescue him. He still had power, but he laid down his life, which is the weakness of God right there.
and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. I always wondered why I couldn't get in with the in crowd. Even to this day, I couldn't be famous. Couldn't be, couldn't be accepted with the people that are famous. Well, there's a reason. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. I want to be good looking like the rest of them. And God said, nah, 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 nah. I'm going to put ugly on you. I'm going to put ugly on you. You will not be accepted. You will be rejected. Well, why is that? Because I have a higher use for you. For God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom. See, Christ became to us wisdom. Christ became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So uh, if you're sitting there wondering why you're not famous and why you're not on the top 10 list and you're not accepted by individuals, right. simply because God has stamped on you foolish, base, despised. He stamped it on you so that way he could use you to confound the wise. Go back to Romans 1. Professing to be wise, they became fools in verse 23 now. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. I mean, even even in church, just back, we have our A-list kinds of preachers. You know, A-list. A-list are the ones that are always on the stage, always on on TV, have one million subscribers, ten million likes on Instagram. All over the place, and they're famous. They're outspoken. They, they're the one. They're the, they're the go-to. And then the Lord showed me why they're they're the go-to. Go to Second Timothy chapter four. And and we aspire to be like them because we want to be able to have what they have. We want to be able to be accepted like they're accepted. So don't be mad if you only got 59 subscribers and one like. I'm not mad. I'm not mad because <laughs> I know I'm in good company. I'm in, I'm in the debased crew. I'm in the foolish crew so that way God can use me to confound the wise. Look at the, uh, second, uh, second Timothy, second Timothy. Chapter 4, and look at verse 1 starting there. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. See, nobody wants to be around somebody that preaches the word. They want to be around people that don't preach the word. Because the ones that preach the word bring conviction. You see, if you're just preaching to make people happy, then you're going to have a happy bunch. But if you bring conviction, you're going to lose them. One by one, they're going to walk out. They're going to walk away. Preaching the word demands conviction. And, and see, that's why there is no fear of God in, in any of these places. They're not afraid of God. All you have to do is watch what they do in praise and worship. They're dancing all over the place, jumping, hollering, and, and all that stuff. And then when they bring the word, there's no real, no, there's no real word of conviction and everybody feels safe. But oh, let somebody come on the stage and begin to, to, to lay out the convicting power of the word of God. 
Everybody will run for the exits. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. You see, people don't want to see or hear sound doctrine. They want to hear a whole lot of foolishness. They want to hear fairy tales and myths. They want to hear stories about, I went to heaven. No, you didn't. If you went to heaven, you would have stayed there. You wouldn't have came back and start telling people about heaven. You, you would have, in fact, the moment would be so sacred, you wouldn't even talk about it. Because what goes on in heaven is, re is revealed in Revelation chapter 4. Where you have the four living creatures and the 24 elders casting their crowns down and worshiping God and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You didn't go to heaven. You didn't even see the place. Because that same uh, mentality of how they worship in heaven would have been carried over. And, you, and, and quite honestly, you wouldn't even talk about it. Paul went up to the third heaven and he heard unspeakable words, words that can't be even talked about. He only, that's how far he went, with the exception of what the Lord told him to reveal in the, in the Pauline epistles. It's a sacred moment and it's not to be trivialized. There was this one person that said, well, I've seen Jesus. <laughs> and I tell you, he's just like one of us. We hugged, we danced, and then she used an expletive. Wait a minute. How can you tell me that you've seen him and you're cursing? And sadly, some people fall for it because you're, you, the only thing that's on your mind is that she's been to heaven and she ain't been nowhere near that place. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Endure, sound doctrine means solid teaching of the word. From the milk to the meat. Where the convicting presence of God is on the word that you preach. Because the convicting power of the presence of God is on you. If the preacher is not scared of God, neither will the people be. We're to be so afraid of God that we are very careful of a thus says the Lord. For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine. Sound doctrine means that you're getting a constant, steady diet of the word of God. So that way you're conforming to the image of Christ on the inside of you and living him out. How can you say that you're being taught sound doctrine when you're cussing all the time? How can you say that you're hearing sound doctrine when you're watching lewd movies all the time? And lewd TV shows all the time. You're hearing all that cussing. You're hearing all that nonsense and that filth. And it's getting on the inside of you. And it is dirtying up your spirit, man. And how can you say that I've been with God? And then what you do is that you quickly go into your prayer closet. And come, try to come out like Superman comes out of a telephone booth. And kryptonite comes. Sin in your life comes. And you're worthless. You will not endure a sound doctrine. You don't want to hear no solid teaching of the scriptures. You don't want to hear about abstaining from sin. Why do you think we have a problem now with the homosexuals coming out of their closet? It's simply because years ago, before that, pastors would be sleeping with the church secretary. Excuse me, committing fornication or adultery with the church secretary or some immoral woman in the church. And then he, he invites the music minister to come in and play and he's a homosexual or a pervert himself. And that spirit 
translates throughout the church. Deacons sleeping with deaconesses, having fornication and adultery. And you're wondering why the homosexuals are now coming out. It's simply because it's been permitted through that lifestyle that's in the pastor. And so they can't talk about sin. Or when they do, they're hypocritical about it. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Oh, don't want to do with sound doctrine. We're, that's boring. Please tell me stories about heaven. Please tell me stories about how that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus while I'm living in sin. Please tell me those nice little false doctrine items while you're living as a hypocrite. Sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, watch, because they have itching ears, according to their, their own desires. You know, I, I, their own desires mean that I don't desire sound doctrine. I desire that. I want that. Give me that. I want to listen to that. They don't want to hear wisdom from the scriptures. They want to hear foolishness from fools. They have itching ears. And then all of a sudden they flip the channels. I mean, have you ever noticed, if you, if you were to flip the channels today, if you were to turn on the TV and flip the channels today, I guarantee you that very few would be found teaching sound doctrine. And you know what? You can tell where you are when you turn them off and turn on the false teachers. You, that's, how you, that's, that's how we know that, that you have your own desires. Just go home and flip the channels and you start listening to, to what they're teaching. You don't want to hear, you don't want to hear a no name. Get up and teach sound doctrine. You want to hear a brand name. You see, there's a difference between Converse and back in the day, Keds. Anybody that walked in with plastic sneakers? You see, those are the sound doctrine teachers, the ones with the plastic sneakers. The ones with the Converse, the expensive shoes, and there's preachers in the pulpit wearing $2,000 sneakers. Wearing Jordans and all a kind of other expensive footwear. Look. I'm happy with my $49 shoes. Shoes are shoes to me. I ain't gotta advertise what brand. But that's what's happened. We've we've chased after we've we've chased after the spectacular when all we need is sound doctrine. Doctrine that is sound is doctrine that is healthy. Because sound means healthy. It means to be well, to be whole, to be safe. Sound teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine, but according to their own desires because they have itching ears. You see, when you have itching ears, it's like tickling. You want to be tickled all the time when you come to church. And that's not God's presence. Because here's, here's, here's the thing about God's presence. Here's the number one thing about God's presence. His presence is holy. And if his holy presence doesn't convict you of the slightest sin, you are insensitive. Be careful when you when you say we're in the presence of the Lord. Well, are we? Are we really in the presence of, of the Lord? His presence is holy. It should convict you of even the slightest wrongdoing that you've done. Sins of omission and sins of commission. It should convict you instantly. 
Otherwise, you were never in his presence. You were just playing games. You just had a feeling. And you called the feeling a worship experience. Because from reading the scriptures, those times when Jesus was glorified, all the times that he showed himself, they fell on their faces. For instance, Revelation chapter 1, when, G when Jesus appeared to John, John looked over his shoulder and saw that he was a man that had hair of wool, a golden band around him, feet like brass, eyes that were fire. And John said, uh-oh, if you were in his presence, uh-oh, you would, you would bow if you, were, if you were really in his presence. So don't, don't tell me you've been in his presence and you're still living in sin. In fact, the woman at the well, the woman, the woman at the well, well, <laughs> she thought that she was a worshiper, but she was a fake worshiper. Jesus said, go get your husband. And she said, I have no husband. And then Jesus said, you well said that you have no, hus no husband, but you had five. And the one that you with now, she was a fake worshiper. And then she says, I perceive that you're a prophet. Good that you perceive that you're a prophet. Nice. And then she got spiritual. You see, our fathers worshiped at this mountain. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're worshiping. Because if you're in sin, you don't know what you're worshiping. She was a fake worshiper. And so what, what else did Jesus say? He said that the Father seeks such that will worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, spirit and in truth is not just in the music. It is in the heart attitude. She was trying to claim that she's a worshiper, but her heart wasn't right. She said, the Messiah will come and tell us. And then, then Jesus said, the one that you speak to is he. At that moment, it wasn't about, you know, just the fact that her sin was identified. But the fact that she was aware that she was in the holy presence of God. See, Messiah means anointed one. God the Son was telling her about her heart condition because she was convicted of her sin. That's what true worship is about. It's about determining in the true presence, holy presence of God, whether you meet the standard of his holiness. And when we fail to meet the standard of his holiness, then we're no different than those who profess themselves to be wise and became fools. We're trying to fool God into accepting us. And that's why the homosexuals came out. They want to be able to be accepted for what they do in sin in the holy presence of God. And it can't be. And that's why there is a falling away. The scripture speaks of a falling away. People will defect from the faith, will walk away from the faith. They will, come, they will come out of wisdom and enter back into foolishness. And it's simply because, you know, you have all, like I said from last week, you have all these individuals that claim to be praise and worship singers. They do their thing on the stage for a while, and then all of a sudden they begin to profess, I'm not a Christian anymore. Well, perhaps you were never a Christian to begin with. You are a hypocrite. Because if you knew him, if you knew his holy presence, you would remain a Christian. His holy presence demands repentance from dead works and faith towards God. 
It, it demands that you give up the sin that you and I so love. It demands that we walk away from the condition that caused Jesus to be crucified. It is only then that you begin to understand the magnitude of what he did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. You begin to understand what he did in our place that we were deserving of death. We deserve to die. We deserve to go to hell and pay the penalty. But God was merciful on us. He had mercy on us. He could have easily pulled the plug on me. That's why anybody can die anytime, any place, anywhere. And that should be the motivating factor. Where will I go when I die? Where, where am I going to end up? Am I going to end up in hell? Or am I going to end up in heaven? Because I recognize the sinfulness of my condition Repented and turned from sin and placed my total faith on Christ. That's the foolishness of God. But you have people that have itching ears and they will heap up for themselves teachers. You know what it means to heap up for themselves teacher teachers? It means that you got your own personal lineup of the kinds of preachers that you are willing to listen to. But the plain ones the unrecognizables, the individuals that doesn't have a reputation, those are the ones, if you listen carefully to them and you watch them too, they're not the exception, you have to watch them too. Everybody gets the watch to see whether or not they're teaching sound doctrine. Years ago, we were getting a high off of T.D. Jakes. We were just woman thou art loose and all that we were really getting uh, our 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 money's worth and every preacher on the planet wanted to be like jakes and my uh mentor came out dr jerry bivens he came out and said he believes in monotheism I said, oh, that's bad. You know what monotheism is? It means that God is a manifestation. That's what monotheism is. God is a manifestation. And the scriptures doesn't teach that God is a manifestation. The scriptures teach us that God is a person. Three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They may manifest things by their power, but they're not a manifestation. You know what that's like? That's like as, that's like as if you're, you're, you're putting a silhouette or, 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 or an image and you say, that's a manifestation. No, we don't believe that God does that. When God shows up, he shows up as a person, just like the song sings, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. He's three in one. He's three persons, not a manifestation. In other words, he, he, you're, you're, you're making him out to be whatever it is that you want him to be to manifest. And he doesn't do that. Here's a person. And I said, I can't listen to that anymore. I put him on the shelf. And folk are mad. I said, be mad all you want. I know where I stand as far as the word of God is concerned. The word says this. So I set off those who are not on the word. I completely cut them off. I don't, want, I don't want to hear that foolishness. And then you begin to hear T.D. Jakes on Oprah talk about, and Oprah asked him a question, is homosexuality a sin? And he said, homosexuality is a sin. He said that. I said, alright, that's, right, that's good that you answered that way. But he says, but, but I go based on my convictions. And then later on, he does an interview with somebody else and, and, and the person asks, has your view of homosexuals evolved? And he said, yeah, my view of homosexuals have evolved. Because to evolve means 
to turn from the scriptures to become something else or to believe in something else. That's you evolving. Just like, just like a monkey evolves into a man. And we all know that that's foolishness. Ain't no monkey gonna evolve into a man because if a monkey could evolve, and see that's why professing themselves to be why they be fools. You've never seen a monkey turn into a man. Please show me, not on tape, bring a monkey from the jungle. Bring a monkey from the jungle. And then say, turn into a man, and let's see him evolve into a man. Let's see it. Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. So when he evolved in homosexuality and all that, I said, that's it, you done. He's done. He's, he's crossed that line of fables and myths. He's crossed that line over into the falling away and he's a part of that crowd. Because the Bible is the Bible. Same thing with Joel Osteen. He says, homosexuality is a sin, but I'm not here to judge. Wait a minute. What about what the word says? That we ought to judge righteous judgment. What, what about calling sin what it is? Well, I don't want to hurt anybody. You know, people can just be what they want to be. I just want to lift people up. You can't lift people up if they're still in the mud of sin. You can't lift them up out of that. They got to know that this is a sin against God. And you got to hold your ground. And even if it means losing your reputation. You want to be liked by everybody. You, you don't want to be despised by everybody. We're not here to be liked. We're here to be accurate in the scriptures and to maintain the consistent teaching of the sound doctrine of the word of God. You have a whole lot of these kinds of peoples in, in the pulpits and some won't leave them because they like what they hear because they have heaped up for themselves teachers. The kinds of teachers that they want to hear so that way they can stay in their sin. That's all. You want to be able to sin and go to heaven too. It doesn't work that way. Because then you, you would have to answer, why did Jesus die? Why was it necessary for Jesus to die? He, it's nice that you know that he died for sin. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to know that he gave his life for us for us in taking our sin, but that's not enough. You've got to know that you are under deep penalty. And if you are not aware of the, of the wretchedness of your sin as the reason why he died for you, you will never get saved. You have to understand that we are a wretch, we're a mess. We are some jacked up folk. And it's only because of God's grace and mercy when we realize and understand the wretchedness of ourselves and what he had done for us by way of grace and mercy that we can realize that he saved us with an everlasting love from the penalty of sin. I mean, what would you do if somebody paid your credit card bill? You would go crazy, wouldn't you? But it's sad that we don't go crazy when he paid our debt sin. A debt that we couldn't pay. It's like you've earned $10,000, but you owe a trillion dollars in debt. How many of you know you can't pay a trillion dollars in debt with a $10,000 salary? Well, just imagine your sin even if it had a limit, which is unlimited, you have no ability to pay that back because you have sinful blood when God requires sinless blood to pay for our sin. So we have our lineup of teachers, the kinds of one that tickle our ears, that gets us happy, that makes us feel good. 
Well, you can feel good. And it's like what, what Leonard Ravenhill had once said. He said this. He said, people are sitting, in, sitting comfortably in church while comfortably sliding into hell. Because we don't understand the magnitude of the sin that is in us. And so we have a lineup of teachers, the kinds of ones that make us feel good. We turn on and it's great. But, we, but notice how quickly they'll change the channel if they listen to somebody talk about sin. Uh, quickly change that channel. And it's because they're living in sin and don't want to be told about their sin. So they will turn themselves or turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables or myths. You know, those, those supernatural stories, those stories about the, the supernatural. And you're, sitting, and you're sitting there with a wretched soul that isn't redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We must learn not to be ones that profess themselves to be wise, but we must become fools. So let's become fools. That's what Paul said. Paul, Paul says that we should become fools. <laughs> I mean, it's clear. It's clear in the scriptures that we ought to become fools for Christ. Fools for the, for the love of the word of God. Fools for his glory. Not fools like the world, morons like the world, but fools for Christ. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, and we're going to begin to close. And look at verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a, of a man except the spirit of God, excuse me, the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to them, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. This is chapter two, I'm sorry. But for he has known him, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And that's what pulls us out from being, professing themselves to be wise as far as the world is concerned. Go into the third chapter of 1 Corinthians. The third chapter of 1 Corinthians. Look at verse 18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. In this sense, it's best to be a fool. Remember what it says in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, verse 18. It says the foolishness of God is wiser than, the, than, than men. Or the foolishness of the cross, rather, is to them that perish uh, is foolishness to them. So, so Paul is, is saying to us, let us become a fool that we may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. They're empty. They have no profit. That is the wisdom of this world. So let's become foolish so that way we may become wise.
Therefore, let no one but uh, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God. You've been listening to our Prevailing Word podcast. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening.